Y'all doing all right? Well, if you have your Bibles, open them up to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Man, I am just, I, I love the presence of God. This is what it's all about. I mean, we could leave the service right now and be like, wow, (laughs) I'm filled, right? Man, well, I mean, you know, we need the word of God. Amen. Oh, you need the word and the spirit. We want to welcome all the visitors here today. Uh, Remember, you're only a visitor one time. And after that, you're family. Uh, You're you're born again, you're family anyways. Amen. (laughs) All right. Second Corinthians chapter three. If I'm huffing and puffing up here, it's because, man, we're getting into it. Amen. It's like a workout exercise because we walk by faith. Amen. All right. Second Corinthians 3, 17 through 18. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Anybody feel liberty in this house today? But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, (laughs) are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. You see, I say it all the time. When the presence of God, when we experience His presence, even in this service today, you're going to leave different than how you came in. And that's how it should be. Amen? That's having church. Amen? We're having church and then we're going out and being the church. Amen. Now, today I want to talk about two important things in the life of a Christian uh, that we really we need to know and have an understanding of. Uh, These things are very important. The Holy Spirit really, he he gave me the title first. I love that. I walk around here praying in the spirit and, and all of a sudden a title dropped on me this week. But these two things demand our attention if we're going to walk in victory on this earth. The title that the Holy Ghost gave me for this message is this, anointed and appointed. Anointed and appointed. You need to know that as as a Christian, you have the anointing of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Amen? And you have been... I have been appointed by God himself to a specific calling in your life. See, there's a calling on your life that was made specifically for you. I can't do it. And there's a calling on my life that maybe you can't do, right? So we've been anointed and appointed. Let's start off by talking about the anointing. What is the anointing? I mean, we hear that phrase, right? Uh, and, and to many Christians, it's, it's kind of a mystery. Oh, the anointing. It's some spooky thing, right? Oh, no. What is it? And what's the purpose of the anointing in your life? The definition of the word anointing is this. You've got to understand this. It's to smear or rub with oil. To smear or rub with oil. Now, it's interesting that the Holy Spirit is symbolically referred to as oil in certain places in the Word of God. And I mean, how do you know he's, he's referred to as oil? He's referred to as like a dove, like fire, like wind, like water, living water, amen? Just to name a few. But the anointing is this. Here's what it is. Let's just break it down. 
Let's break it down. Isn't that beautiful? I love looking at that coming from the cross. Here's what it is. The anointing is the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit within the Christian. It's the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit within the Christian. It is impossible to be anointed apart from the Holy Spirit. Why? Because He is the anointing. Now, we are smeared. I love this. We are smeared with the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. Isn't that good? But here's the thing where many Christians miss it. We need to learn how to tap into the benefits of the anointing. It's possible for a Christian, for a Christian, someone who made Jesus Lord of their life, right? It's possible for them to go their whole life and never tap in to the blessing of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that crazy? I don't know. When I heard that, when I first heard, heard a pastor say that before, I was like, oh my goodness, wow. Some people lived and died. They were a Christian and they never took advantage of what the Holy Spirit, of what that treasure, the treasure of the Holy Spirit was there the whole time. That's crazy to me. Now, in the Old Testament, kings priests and prophets would be set apart for their calling. They would be consecrated to their calling by being anointed with oil. We're going to talk more about that later. But Revelation 1.6 tells us this, that through Jesus' sacrifice, that we have been made, as Christians, we have been made kings and priests. Say this, say, I am a king and a priest unto God. Through Jesus Christ. Is that mind-blowing? I mean, do we even have an idea of the, the treasure, the gold treasure living on the inside of us? We are set apart by the anointing. Go to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. Let's take a look at this. Let's dive in here at Living Waters. How about that, huh? Nice play on words. All right. Oh, we want to welcome uh, those watching around the world on the internet right now. We are glad to have you. Amen. All right. First Peter chapter two, verse nine. Don't just read through scriptures and let the let the blessing of that pass you by. Really, just don't read on it. I like to say it this way: Just don't read the word. Feed on the word. Say, I'm going to feed on the word. And here's what it says. But you, talking about Christians, are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Man, that's a lot of favor, isn't it? That you may proclaim the praises of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Now, spiritually speaking, I love it. We are royalty. Now, that's not a comment of arrogance. That's just a straight-up spiritual fact. You understand that? It's, there's a difference between being arrogant and confident of who God is and who you are in Christ. All right? Many people walk around, oh, I'm just dirt. I'm just a dirty old sinner. No, you're not. If you're a Christian, you have the Holy Ghost living in you. Come on. You're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. Come on. Don't talk like the devil. See, the devil wants to make you feel like you're dirt. Amen? Listen to this. The Greek word that is translated chosen. 
I love it. Means to be picked out of a larger group for a for special service or privileges and recipients of God's favor. So we are not only anointed man, we are chosen. We are appointed. I love that. He has called us out of darkness and he has put us and translated us into his marvelous light. We are covered by the anointing of the Holy Spirit that destroys every yoke, destroys every bondage. I, I, I pray right now that a revelation, a spirit of revelation would fall in this place and those listening to this message right now. There is nothing more powerful in the whole universe than the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing me? It's so powerful that the devil and demons have to try to deceive an individual not to tap into the power of the anointing. Come on, somebody. You have to be deceived out of it. You, you, you have to be deceived out of it. Come on, I can't, I can't push that enough. The enemy does not want you and I getting a hold of this message and finding out what we really have, the treasure on the inside of us. Amen? Everything the enemy does to deceive and distract us is for one purpose, to stop God's power source from flowing out and in and out of your life, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Now, go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, I want to look at verses 21 through 22 here. We're talking about being anointed. We're not just anointed. That'd be good enough if that was just it. But man, he's equipped us, he's anointed us and equipped us, and he's appointed us into a place. Amen? Into a ministry, into our calling. And I'm not just talking about a pastoral calling or full-time ministry. Everybody has a calling. Every Christian has a calling. Now, here it is. Now, he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who also has sealed us. Say sealed. Sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. I love that. We as Christians, the Word of God says, we are sealed. We are smeared with the Holy Spirit. We Listen, here it is. We are marked in the Spirit realm. Do you understand that? We are marked in the Spirit realm. It is our guarantee or down payment until we enter the fullness of our salvation when we, when we get into eternity one day, into heaven with God. Are you following me? The Holy Spirit is our down payment. Say down payment. I don't know about you, but that's a pretty big down payment. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. He's anointing, anointing you. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. And here's the deal. Because we're sealed, because we're smeared with it, every spiritual being in the spirit realm notices the anointing on your life. Oh, now follow me here. That is what, that, that's what spiritual warfare is, really. It's the enemy. Listen, the enemy can see the enemy spiritual, right? We understand that. The enemy's spiritual. So he operates in the spirit realm. So the enemy can see you, what you and I look like in the spirit realm. And that's why he recognizes the anointing before you even do. 
Have you ever had something where you just, man, there is just uh, things happening. And you're like, what is going on? Because breakthrough was coming and the enemy saw it. Breakthrough was coming and the enemy saw it before you saw it. Come on, somebody. The enemy can recognize that calling on your life. And, and he's very strategic. Now, an example, what I want to give is the example of my own life. Uh, in my life, obviously, right, when we're born, God has the plan before we're born, right? So, I mean, God knew and the enemy knew that God was, was going to call me into the ministry with a pastoral calling. And, and I do operate, obviously, in the office of a prophet, kind of a pastor-prophet kind of a, uh, a ministry. And the enemy knew that. And you know where the enemy attacked me the hardest? I had a fear, horrible fear of speaking in public. Can you believe that? Horrible. I mean, in high school, if I had to get up in front of a class, forget about it. I'm up there and I got my hands in my pocket and I'm sweating like I'm, I'm standing in a shower. It's just pouring off of me and I would just stutter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you, think that, you think that's, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's pretty humiliating stuff, right? But the enemy, the enemy saw the calling on my life, and he was doing everything he could do to try to stop it. But brother, sister, when the anointing comes upon you, it makes you a new person. No, it makes you the person that God has called you to be. Amen? So take a look at your life. Take an inventory of your life. At what area has the enemy attacked you? And I guarantee you, you will find that your calling is somewhere in there. Because the enemy doesn't waste an attack. It's he's strategic. He's strategic. Are you following me? All right. So you just need to know the enemy notices your potential calling and the giftings before you do. Your callings, gifts, and talents are spiritual, by the way. You knew that, right? It's not a natural talent. Why is that? Because you are first and foremost a spirit being, right? Well, when a person dies, right? I mean, it's, it, the body's just a shell. The real person, the real you, which gives life to this body, you're a spirit being. So your gifts, talents, and calling, they're all spiritual, all right? Many people think, oh, I've just got so much natural talent. It's not natural. It's spiritual, all right? So let's, uh, the, the anointing of the, of the Holy Spirit, uh, is, the anointing is the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit. Now, let's look at some of the benefits of the anointing in our life. Go to uh, 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. The anointing, you and I both need the anointing, or else we are just spinning our wheels in life. Amen? 1 John 2. Uh, verse 24 through 27, I want to take a look at here. And it says these words, Therefore, let that abide in you, which was what you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides or remains in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. That's pretty good, isn't it? Don't, you want to be, have, be, have eternal life, right? Now, you're going to have eternal life one way or the other. It's just, you know, what have you done with Jesus is the difference, right? Where are you going to go? You're going to live eternally somewhere. Uh, these things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. But the anointing, underline it. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. 
And you do not need any that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things. And it's true and is not a lie. And just as it is taught you, you will abide in him. So according to this passage, the anointing, the Holy Spirit will teach us all things concerning all things in connection to our Christian walk. All right. That's what the purpose of the, the anointing. One of the purposes is to teach you. It will teach you about your Christian walk and it will give us discernment to separate truth from error. All right. So he's going to teach us and give us discernment. Very important points about the anointing. The Holy Spirit will teach us how to abide and remain in Christ within the boundaries of the word of God. All right, the, the Holy Spirit the, in the Word of God, they go together. The, the Holy Spirit is the author of the Word of God. Amen? All right, so think about this. If the fleshly nature has any part of a decision, plan, or action, I'm telling you right now, it's not the Holy Spirit. If any plan or action that you're doing or are thinking about doing, and it involves anything outside of the Word, it's not the Holy Spirit. It's your human fleshly wisdom. All right, you following me? The anointing will illuminate and reveal truth to us. I want you to notice that we are expected, it's said in here, to allow the truth of God's Word to get in us. It didn't stop there. It said for the Word of God to get in us and remain there. Now, my question is, why is that so important? It gets, why is it so important the Word gets in us and it's supposed to remain in there? Because Jesus said this, that one of the functions of the Holy Spirit is to bring His words to our remembrance. Are you following me? We are expected to give the Holy Spirit something to work with. And the major tool, the primary tool of the word of, is the Word of God. The primary tool of the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts, to work in our life, that primary tool is the Word of God. If you're not getting into the Word, guess what? You're not giving the Holy Spirit anything to work with to change your life. The Word of God's got to get in you, and it's got to stay there. Say, it's got to stay there too. That is why there are so many passages in the Word of God that tells us to forget not. There's passage that says to meditate on the Word of God and keep it fresh in our heart. Amen? Say fresh. I like that word. We are giving the Holy Spirit a tool to work with and to speak to us with and to keep us within the will of God and the plan of God for our life. See, we're not only anointed, but we're appointed. But I'll tell you what, if you want to know where you belong, you better have a close walk with the Holy Spirit, and you can't have it apart from the Word of God. Get into the Word of God every day. Get into it for 30 minutes a day. Get into it something. Well, I haven't gotten into it for years. Okay, do it for 10 minutes a day starting off. You know what's going to happen? If you force feed yourself the Word of God, after a while you're going to start to crave it. Why? Because it came from your Creator. It's your Creator's words to you. It's supernatural. So when you start to read the Word of God, immediately, it doesn't matter, listen, if you're backslidden or whatever, immediately your spirit recognizes, oh, that's coming from my Creator. Are you following me? Your spirit man knows. Okay, what you're trying to get out of the way is that fleshly thought life. That's why it says we've got to renew our mind with the word, right? 
So if we're not keeping the Word of God fresh in our heart, the Holy Spirit has nothing to bring to our remembrance. Um, Now, we can see weaved all through the Word of God. You can see it, that we are expected as Christians, here's the word, I love it, to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit won't do anything for you. He's called the helper. We're called the doers of the word. Say, I'm the doer. And the Holy Spirit's the helper. I love to say it this way, being that I I, I have my pilot's license and stuff. A lot of people say, well, you know, God is my captain. The Holy Spirit's my captain. Well, really not. You're the captain of your life and the co-pilot's the Holy Spirit. The question is, are you allowing the co-pilot to give you instructions? See, when I'd fly with people, some of the captain, captains were real jerks, all right, real arrogant, right? So you would, tr- you would notice something, and, and you would tell them something, and, and they'd be like, oh, pfft, you're just a new co-pilot here. Are you hearing me? <laughs> you don't know nothing. Well, let me tell you, there's been airline crashes because the captain was too prideful to take instruction from that co-pilot. We Listen, that's why pride has no place in the Christian life. Amen? So you're the captain. Holy Spirit is the co-pilot. But you've got to listen to him. We need to cooperate with him. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is our teacher and our protector. Okay? Have you ever read a verse in the Bible? And it just jumps out to you. It's like illuminated to you. You had like a quick flash of revelation about it. Maybe on how to apply that verse to something you're going through in your life at the moment, right? That's the anointing working in your life. Have you ever, has someone ever told you something or tried to teach you something and, and it just, you didn't have peace about it. Something didn't feel right about what, about what they're telling you. You ever, you ever have that? That's the anointing of the Holy Spirit working in your life personally, all right? The Holy Spirit will at times speak something to you in your spirit. Now, here's what I want to get to. Pay attention to this because this is important. Being led by the Holy Spirit, this is the key to success in life. Are you hearing me? Listen to this. So the Holy Spirit at times will speak something to your heart, all right? He'll speak something in your spirit. And... It almost sounds like when he speaks, I'm not talking about from the outside, I'm talking about on the inside. It almost sounds like your own voice. Have you ever had a conversation with yourself in your own heart? You know what I'm talking about? You're kind of thinking about something and you can can kind of hear your voice on the inside. A lot of time that's not you speaking. That's the Holy Ghost speaking something to you through what sounds like your voice. Man, I just helped someone out in here. Come on, let's get practical about this. I mean, being led by the Holy Spirit, this is gonna, this would rock your world. So, but here's First Corinthians six seventeen says this: He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. It doesn't mean we're God. What that means is we are one spirit in unity, cooperating with the Holy Spirit. All right. So at other times, I love, I love this, how he speaks too. At other times, the Holy Spirit will, will show you something or teach you something in a nonverbal way. What do I mean by that? Have you ever been on a walk in nature or something, and all of a sudden you were just kind of walking, and, and you looked at a tree or a flower, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit illuminated a spiritual truth from something in the natural realm? That's the anointing working in your life. So the Holy Spirit can speak verbally on the inside to you, and he can speak non-verbally just through even nature. Isn't that good? 
So the whole, uh, so that is the anointing working in your life. So being that the anointing is in your spirit, man, we must be in the spirit to take advantage of the anointing, right? So you have two choices in life. You're either walking in the spirit or you're walking in the flesh, all right? We need to be in the spirit. That's why it says walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. We got to do something that's spiritual. Get in the word. Remain in prayer. In other words, if you are going to constantly feed your fleshly desires, your fleshly attitudes, you will not hear, you will not be paying attention to the Holy Spirit. Now, that doesn't mean the Holy Spirit's silent. I don't believe the Holy Spirit, I believe the Holy Spirit's always trying to show us something. Here's the key Are you paying attention? That's the key right there. He's always trying to lead us into all truth. He's always trying to say, hey, come on, come back into the boundary here. You're over on the enemy's territory right here. Come on, get over here. He's always trying to show us. He's always trying to lead us into truth. But are we listening? All right? Now, that's why Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 tells us this, to acknowledge the Lord. Say acknowledge. In other words, it means this. Give the Holy Spirit attention just like any person that would be in your presence. Give Him attention. It's easy to get so busy in the natural things with our jobs and everything. I get it. And we forget about the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us. Come on. It's so easy, isn't it? And that's exactly what the enemy wants. Come on. Just get so busy. Come on. Do your own thing. Correct? Right? Right? Because he doesn't want us tapping into. See, any, any instruction by the Holy Spirit is going to overcome bondage in your life. And the enemy hates that. Amen? So, so slow down. Acknowledge him. The Holy Spirit is simply saying this. He's saying, I'm here. Talk to me. Ask me. I want to help. Come on. But you can't help if you're not paying attention. He can't help you if you're not paying attention to him. Amen? Jeremiah 33, 3 is another one. It says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things, things which you don't know. In other words, focus on me. Give me the invitation. Just call upon me and I will intervene. I love that. That God, the God of the universe, that he will, he will come into my little world. Think about that. Well, you know, God's too busy. He's, he don't care about me. Now, come on, please, look around. You know, go out at night outside your door and look at the universe, okay? God's got plenty of time for you. Amen? He knows you intimately. Now it's time for you to start to know Him intimately. Amen? So we must take advantage and cooperate with the anointing in our life. It takes an on-purpose effort to do it. It doesn't happen by accident. So here's what I want to say. Take time during your day and just slow down. Say slow down. Life gets busy, I know. But take even, you know what, set an alarm uh, once every hour or two. And slow down. And just take a moment quickly, just even quick, just to acknowledge Him. Holy Spirit, you know, I thank you for your presence. Holy Spirit, thank you for living on the inside of me. Acknowledge Him and realize He's with you. Invite Him to your day. Holy Spirit, I invite you into my day right now. I mean, it'll change your life. And throughout your busy day, make an effort, come on, to reel your thoughts back in. Reel them back in. 
Again, it takes an on-purpose effort, but reel them back in. Start, you know, take, take a moment during the day, just real quick, just to think of one verse. I don't care if it's Jesus wept. Are you hearing me? Just take one verse and just think about it quickly. So it shifts you from that mindset back onto the reality. Wow, I have the Holy Ghost living in me. Are you following me? Take a, take a, make an on-purpose effort to reel your thought life in. We need to think of the, something spiritual to shift our focus from the natural realm to the kingdom of God in the spirit realm. All right? Very easy. It's not a spooky thing. This is, this is Christianity 101. Amen? And I guarantee you, you will notice a difference in the day. Just acknowledge him. Let's look at another passage here. Go to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, verses 16 through 19, I want to take a look at. We're talking about being anointed, and we are not orphans. We are appointed. We are not nomads. We're not wanderers. We're appointed. God has a specific place and a specific purpose for your life. Amen? All right. God, we serve a God of purpose. We serve a God of order. Are you, are you hearing me? He is a God of order. Think about it. If the earth was any closer to the sun, we'd fry up. It was, if it was any farther apart from the sun, we'd all freeze to death. I mean, we serve a God of order. Amen? So Luke 4, 16 through 19. And it says, So he, Jesus, came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has underlined it, anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So it says here, so we talked a little bit about the function of the anointing. Here we go. Jesus said that he was anointed for this reason, to preach the gospel to the poor. He was sent or appointed to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Everything the anointing does in our life is to teach us and to set us free to restore that joy of the Lord on the inside of us. And it's for this purpose, to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. That's what the anointing's for. It's not just for just us to have goosebumps in, in a service, which I, I love those. Don't get me wrong. It's great. Amen. In the presence of God. And we need that. We need to be in the presence of God. But no, we are meant to go outside of these four walls. Amen. Wherever the anointing is present and active, it is always working to destroy or undo the works of the devil in people's lives. Always. Always. In Isaiah 61, the Word of God talks about the oil of joy and the garment of praise. I like that. You need the oil of joy this morning? You need a little garment of praise? The joy of the Lord is our strength. The anointing brings that to us. When the anointing is present, when it's active and released, it will release that garment of praise. And then it looses that oil of joy and it turns into us having strength. Hallelujah. We all need that strength. Amen? 
If you don't have joy, I'm telling you right now, your strength, <laughs> your strength is in direct proportion to the joy in your life. I guarantee you, if your joy tank is empty, uh, your strength level's probably down here as well. It's all proportional. Amen? All right. So now you know why the enemy's out to always steal your joy. And he wants to replace it with that spirit of heaviness, spirit of oppression, right? Blah, 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 right? We got to do whatever it takes to get a hold of that joy. The anointing, take advantage of that anointing. It is supernatural and it will create breakthrough in your life. Go with me to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. We're moving on down the road here. Acts chapter 10. We are anointed and appointed. Acts chapter 10 verse 38. It says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now, God anointed, I want you to notice here. So God anointed Jesus, it says, with the Holy Spirit. And then there's a little word in between after that, the word and. Say and. Don't pass that up. I mean, it jumped out at me like, man, a flashing green light here. The Holy Spirit and power to do good and heal all that were oppressed of the devil. I want you to notice both of those. Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. Jesus not only had the Holy Spirit living on the inside of him, but he also had the Holy Spirit upon him. Say upon. Remember... When Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, that when Jesus came up out of the water, it said the Holy Spirit came upon him like a dove. He had the Holy Ghost within. He had the Holy Ghost upon. All right? Every Christian, listen to me, every Christian has the anointing of the Holy Spirit within them. Right? But to be anointed with power, you need to receive the Holy Spirit baptism for Him to come upon you. Now, look at this. In Acts 1.8, let me show you something. Acts 1.8, Jesus said that you would receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Say upon. Don't miss this. So now you can see why in Acts 10.38, it said that Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. We need both. Say, I need both. And, and hold on. So here's what I want to show you. Maybe you never thought of this before. Here it is. Ready? Here's a glory bomb for you. So you could say it this way. The anointing within you is for your benefit. He's teaching you. Are you hearing me? The anointing, he's teaching you. He's giving you discernment to stay away from false teachers. He's giving you discernment. Are you hearing me? But the anointing of power upon you is the benefit for others for ministry. To be a witness for Jesus Christ on this earth. So what we have, we have a lot of Christians. They're saved. They're going to heaven if they die, right? They have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them. Well, that's great for them. But they're lacking the power to be witnesses for Jesus. And that's what this is all about. We're, we, listen, we're on this earth to be witnesses for Jesus, right? That's why Jesus said to 500, he said, go in the upper room in Jerusalem. Don't even think about ministering to people until you go in that upper room and the promise of the Holy Spirit comes upon you. 
Don't try to do it without because you're just going to fail. You're not going to have the full potential of everything that you could be. That's what Jesus was saying. Amen? So, within the anointing within is for your benefit. The anointing upon the Holy Spirit baptism is to minister to others. The anointing is a must in our life if we're going to overcome the enemy and minister effectively. We need it. Okay? I mean, there's too much... uh, salad bar Christianity, if you will. You follow? Now, I kind of like this. Yeah, I don't like this. Well, I'll take some of this. I don't want any of that. Are you following me? God wouldn't put it in His Word if it wasn't meant for every Christian. So listen, the definition, let's talk a little bit about appointed. Say appointed. The definition of the word appointed is this, decided on beforehand or designated I love that word. Before you were ever born, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Jeremiah 29, 11 reveals that God has a future and a hope for every person on this earth. But it all first begins with making Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. You, every, every person rather has a seed on the inside of them. But that seed doesn't crack open and grow until Jesus becomes Lord of a person's life. Are you following me? All of the talents and the gifts that you have are not a random thing. They are for a God-given purpose. Now listen, the unsaved use their gifts and talents for the enemy. All of these these worldly singers and, and, and all these people in the world, these unsaved people, right? You know, people say, well, you know, well, you know, the enemies anointed. No, 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 no. God has given them that talent. But here's the problem. They're choosing to use it for the kingdom of the devil, the kingdom of darkness. Those, those gifts and talents were in them. The gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. That's why, that's why you have a choice. You can use it for God or you're going to use it for the enemy. If you choose not to use it for God, the enemy sure will take you up on that offer. But it's a high price to pay in the lake of fire one day. Are you hearing me? So those gifts, listen, these, these individuals, you know, like, like a Katy Perry and all of these other individuals, you know, in, in the worldly sense, these, they're, they have gifts from God. Can you imagine if they would use that for the kingdom of God? My goodness. So just know, you know, it's no mistake that people are born with these things. It's no mistake that you've been born within this time frame. It's all for a purpose. For such, I love this phrase, for such a time as this. You have people, listen to me, this is your gifts, talents, and callings. It's not about you. It's not about me. Here's what it is. We have people counting on us to flow in our purpose. And there are divine appointments waiting for them. Nurse, you're a nurse, right? Are you a nurse? Dandra, you're a nurse, right? Or Cena, whatever. There's people counting on you. if, If you didn't operate in your calling, there's people, come on, listen. Whatever you do, there's people counting on you to operate in your calling. Amen? There's divine appointments that need to be fulfilled. So this is not about you. And the enemy has been trying to throw every distraction at you to prevent them from being fulfilled. 
The enemy says, no, I got, I got to try to do something to stop these divine appointments. But I want to show you, I want to show you this. An account in the Word of God, and I'm going to finish up with this. In the Word of God where David was anointed king. David was not only anointed, but he was appointed by God himself, not by man. See, God told Samuel, the prophet, to go to Jesse and to to have all of Jesse's sons stand before him. And God said, listen, God said, when that one comes that I want you to anoint, I will let you know. If you have your uh, Bibles turned to 1 Samuel then, 1 Samuel chapter 16. I want to show you just a powerful truth about this. If God is for you, no one can be against you. Come on, somebody. 1 Samuel 16, verses uh, 6 through 13. Okay, here we go. Listen to this. So it was when they came that he looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, the prophet, Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For Here it is. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Man, that's powerful. So Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shema pass by, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. My goodness. And Samuel said to Jesse, Are all the young men here? Then he said, There remains yet a young, the youngest. And there he is, keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. So he sent and brought brought him in. Now he was ruddy, with bright eyes, and good-looking. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil, horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. The least expected according to man's perspective was chosen. You see, Samuel, even the prophet, listen to me, even the prophet of God got caught up in the flesh. (laughs) Are you hearing me? Even the prophet, the mighty prophet Samuel got caught up in the flesh says, surely this has to be the one. God said, no, keep them coming. Keep them going. Come on. It doesn't matter who is against you. God's perspective is all that matters in this life. Why? Here you go. God looks at the heart. And if you're going to flow and operate and minister to others through the anointing, listen, you better get your eyes off of outward appearance. And you better get your, your perspective from God's perspective of a person's heart. God will use the least expected one for His purpose. I did a teaching once that God is getting ready to use nobodies. Right? People that you would least expect. 
If you're going to judge people simply on the outward appearance, it will hinder the anointing from flowing out of your life. It will hinder you from hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. And especially those, of, those who want to minister prophetically, right? You, you have any people who want to minister prophetically? You must go into that ministry with a neutral mindset. See, Samuel went in thinking, oh, okay, well, it must be this person right here. No, 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 no. You better have a neutral mindset. Are you following me? You better not be looking at the outward appearance because God's not. And if you're going to minister prophetically, it's the Holy Spirit giving you that word anyways for the person, right? Now, what's interesting is this. David was a worshiper of God. He sought God in his, here it is, his personal time. And that is why God has chosen him and anointed him king publicly. I'm here to tell you right now, God is watching everything we are doing in our personal life. In fact, your personal walk with God. See, you can, a person can come and can fool pastor, can fool anybody here, right? Right? To be the most spiritual person. But if you're in your personal time not walking with the Lord, guess what? God sees it. See, and David was a worshiper. It matters what we do in our personal time more than it does in our public time. Are you following me? The moment you surrender to the will of God in your life, the Holy Spirit will open doors uh, that have never been opened before. It says that you, you you seek Him in secret, He will reward you openly, the Word of God says. My goodness. It all starts in their prayer closet, in our personal walk with God. Peace and joy will flood your heart because you're you're finally on track with the will of God for your life. Your destiny can now be fulfilled. And it all starts in your personal walk with the Lord. The Holy Spirit revealed something to me that I, I talked about on Wednesday night. I mentioned it real quick as I was praying here. And it's this, that the anointing can only operate freely through a Christian when they are operating in who God has called them to be. When you start to to be something that you're not, that's when the anointing is hindered in your life. Are you following me? And, And I use the example of this, that I, you know... My ministry style, you know, I like to, you know, I'm bold. I'm kind of the shock jock from the pulpit. I like to deal with issues, you know, and, and really kind of put some smelling salts under people's, you know, right, right? I, I like that. I just, I don't know. I've always been like that. But the, the thing is, if I were to stop in doing that, if I were to water the Word of God down, kind of a seeker-sensitive message, right? If I were to do that, the anointing on my life would be cut off and hindered. It's when I am flowing in my gift and calling and my personality. God created your personality too. We just sometimes got to rein it in and make sure it's, it's within the boundaries of the word, right? See, my boldness can be used one can be used in the wrong way. It can be used for a good way. I want to use it for the good way, right? So when you try to be someone you're not or operate in an area that you're not called to do or appointed for, it hinders that anointing. And, and all you have left on, when you're operating in, in something you're not called to do, you're trying to be someone who you're not, all you have to count on at that point is the arm of flesh. 
And we all know Jeremiah says, the book of Jeremiah says that the, uh, those who lean on the arm of flesh, it brings a curse. In other words, nothing will go right in your life. You ever have that? You ever try to do something you're not called to do? And it's everything you try to put your hand to, it just falls. It's because it says if you're leaning on the arm of flesh and not seeking God and being led by Him, it's going to crumble. Eventually, it's going to crumble. It says leaning on the arm of flesh will bring a curse into your life because you're trying to do it your own way. Amen? So church, we are anointed. We are anointed and have been appointed to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world, to make disciples, to advance the kingdom of God in power. Amen? So let's get busy with the anointing flowing through us and let's be, let's do what God has called us to do, what he has appointed you to do. We were anointed and appointed for one reason, to get the job done. Let's stand up in this place. We are anointed and appointed. Come on. That's the word of the day. That's the word of the week. I want that, I want that title kind of going through your mind, through your thought life this week. I am anointed and appointed. So you know you're anointed if you're a Christian, but you're appointed. Now you've got to find out, am I where God wants me to be in my life? That's what you've got to find out. The anointed part, yes, you are. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you, right? But where does God want me to be? Have I been leaning on the arm of flesh? Now, maybe there's someone in here, you've never made Jesus Lord of your life. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. If you were to drop dead right now, and you have no idea where you're going to spend eternity, you need to meet me in this corner, and I want to pray with you to have a new birthday. Let's make, just make Jesus Christ Lord of your life today. Do it. Come on, there's a tug on your heart today. Do it. You know what? This is the scary thing. That tug might not be there ever again. Now, maybe there's someone in this place. You made Jesus Lord of your life a long time ago. Man, you were on fire for the Lord when you first got saved, but wow. You have fallen away from him. And frankly, if you did die right now, you don't even know where you would go. Where do, where, you, where do I stand with God? Maybe today you need to get reacquainted with him and rededicate your life to the Lord. If that's you, meet me in that corner. So we all have the anointing on the inside. But Jesus said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. If you've never, made, uh, never received the Holy Spirit baptism, I want to pray with you today. Let's just do that. It's all by faith. Very, very simple. It's not hard. You don't have to wait around on your knees for hours and hours. You ask by faith and it's going to happen. Amen? Now, maybe you need a physical healing, an emotional healing. You need a miracle in your life. You just want prayer for a family member, anything else. You need prayer for anything else, I want you to meet me over in that corner. The rest of you, um, if you're going to be at the meeting tonight, we'll see you at 6. Um, we're going to have a great time talking a little bit about the financials and, and I'm just going to briefly talk about the vision I have for the church. So if you have anything, uh, you guys want to input or anything like that, make sure you show up. Remember Tuesday night prayer call seven to eight, or, or I'm sorry, actually seven o'clock. We've been going until nine some nights, but you can stay as long as you want on there. And Wednesday night, seven to eight prayer here. So we're going to keep the locomotive of prayer going. Amen. Visitors, thanks so much. Come on back. We love you all. If you need me, you know where to find me. Have a great rest of your week. Hallelujah.